Warning. Project 1982 contains explicit language. Don't believe me? Just listen. Hello and welcome to Project 1982. I'm Michael Schantz. And I'm Matt Aldrich. And this is the show that takes a deep dive into the movies of 1982 and finally comes up for air. <laughs> Perfect. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. What are you people? On dope? I got nowhere else to go! Replicate. I'm afraid. All right. He likes one quick. Let's get. Let's blow it up right, right. away. Right. A glass right. man. Texas has a horror house in it. Now that penis. Oh. I'd recognize that penis anywhere. Fuck you too. You go clean off my door. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Enough talk. Here we are, Mike. Yeah. We're we're at the end of the line. I mean. Have we talked about every 1982 film? No. No. And in fact, that was one of my my questions. You know, like, what did we miss? Oh, that's a good question. I, you know, um, I think there are, some, there are some movies that I watched as part of this project that we didn't get to. Um, some, some of them I mentioned over the course of the episodes, but um, a lot of them I, uh, I haven't. And I was just sort of watching them on deep background. Some of the movies that sure. either I'd never seen before or directors that I wanted to kind of see what they did that year. Well, because we had a whole basket about, you know, famous directors. Yeah, famous that directors. Do, like their least known movie mm-hmm. in 1982. Yeah, it's a, you know, so I watched King of Comedy, mm-hmm. which is one of those. Like it was made in 1982, but it wasn't released until 1983. But it did festivals in 1982. One from the Heart, which was a right. Francis Ford Coppola kind of a musical, with the music of Tom Waits. Uh, and you know we've talked about Terry Gar and her performance in Tootsie. She gives uh, a really great performance in this movie, One from the Heart. Mm-hmm. Another and another movie where Nastasia Dakinsky shows up um, to sort of lure a middle-aged man away from his normal life. I, she she really had a she had a moment this Nastasia yeah. Kinski. Right. Right. <laughs> she had a very, right. She had totally. a very specific specific job to do a in specific movies. moment. She, just you like... know, it's funny you cuz obviously part of wrapped up in the whole 1982 of it was we were talking about the movies that wouldn't go away. Yes. And so that's why a lot of these movies we didn't talk about the both the one movie that we didn't talk about that was not going away was a musical as well and that was annie yeah so annie i I watched annie um over again you know i had seen it as a kid and um this was another film this was a you know it's a a movie adaptation of the of the musical from i think i want to say 1977 and annie is like a that's a legacy title like they're going to be reviving annie yeah. Forever, you know. I mean, there's no. I mean, I think in the last five years, it's both had a remake in theaters yeah. and had one of those live, for television, right? Kind of reboots. I don't credit 1982 with Annie. I credit 1977 or like it's uh-huh. it, it didn't it didn't start in Annie didn't start in 1982. Though you know, when I was talking to some people about this project as we were kind of cooking it up. You know, I, I found that people's emotions for Annie ran pretty deep for the movie. Um, so I recently watched it just because I knew we were going to have this conversation. Yeah. And 
I think I intuitively knew that about people, like mm-hmm. how deep Annie runs for some people. I got to tell you, it wasn't that good. Oh, I actually really liked it. Really? Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was really. And I remember seeing that movie twice in the theaters. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. When I was a kid, I thought it was super entertaining. I thought the third act was f- fantastic. I actually think the third act is amazing. Yeah, the 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 set piece on the bridge is yeah. so simple, yet it's really effective. It's shot well. Like no, I, yeah, the stakes are high. Like I I really like the ending to that movie. Um, I, I've, I, I confess I've never seen the play, so I don't know how the play ends. Right. I guarantee you it doesn't end on a, on a drawbridge. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I guess for me, it was, it was, it was, uh, I, I thought of it as too long mm. and I kept thinking, why am I hearing this song? Especially in the second act, in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to kind of drone on forever. Oh, I, I, I. I really, I thought, I liked it. I really liked it. I thought the performances were great. I thought the kids were really great. Uh, All um, the kids uh, I thought were great too. Yeah. yeah. It was like, a, they were a hair precocious, but it wasn't like Curly Sue precocious, you know, or like <laughs> right. uh, Uncle Buck precocious. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, wasn't sort of arch kid acting. I thought it was good kid acting. I thought Tim Curry was great. Carol Burnett, obviously. Bernadette awesome. Peters. Bernadette Peters is fantastic. Yeah. And... I don't think of Albert Finney as a natural song and dance man, but <laughs> no, but I didn't think of Charles Durning as a song and dance man. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. So, like, see, but I think he pulls it off better. Maybe I don't know. I kind of like Albert Finney more than Charles Durning. That's funny. I, I thought it was just a real. It's a really great ensemble cast, and in that way, like as I've said I just before, remember like, I I sat and I was interested in the first act. I really liked the third act, but in the second act, I kept, like, I had to keep keep reminding myself, don't get up and do something. <laughs> like, I was ready to dust or or do some cleaning or pick some stuff up and, like, you know. Right, right, right. I right. found it interesting that I wasn't interested for a good portion of this movie, yeah. and this movie's getting rebooted and... Yeah, uh, yeah, it is... Um... And we and we mentioned I mentioned this briefly in uh, the episode about the toy. So it was the screenwriter for Annie and the screenwriter for the toy, the same woman. Yeah. Um, and um, Annie, the movie, decides to bring in the character of Punjab. Yeah. Which was the character from the original comic strip Annie. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a character that is not in the stage play apparently. Mm. Um, and so they make the the pretty tropey uh, racist decision yeah. in 1982 to honor the original, yeah, you know, in a way that really doesn't make the movie age well. Well, it, between Punjab and the the Chinese chauffeur, yeah. mm-hmm. and the music score that comes along with them anytime they become front and center, yeah. It really goes heavy, 1982. Those other kids' films that we talked about, I felt like they age super well, you know? Yeah. And they're timeless in a lot of ways. And there are aspects of Annie that just kind of tie it down to yeah. its its own place and time. And yeah. uh, it's unfortunate. But I, of I course, unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, I thought that was an interesting starter question. But essentially, we're here to, as we said, kind of wrap this up. So I sent you a list of potential 
awards that we could give out. Yeah. I've, I've picked my winners for the awards. I have not, we have not discussed this. No. But uh, before we get to the awards, you know, I want to know how did doing this, how did, how did, you know, this, this project set out to re-examine and re-watch these movies in the cold light of day with mm -hmm. the benefit of hindsight, knowing that you're watching a 40-year-old film. How has doing this changed your view on these films, but also just in general, like um, the films of your childhood? Yeah, sort of the intersection. Right, the intersection between... between Movies in our childhood. Yeah. How has how has doing this kind of um, changed you? I got to tell you what's interesting about this project and about this year of films. It it still feels like a crapshoot. So take take movies out of it, and and people talk about nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. I think there's something innate about both of us. That meant that the the brain food that we were being fed in 1982 uh, didn't fully form our brains. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not this guy that's going to be, you know, cheering, say, Donald Trump's head on the first blood poster. Right, right. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think I think for a lot of people, they look at a year like 1982 and they think, boy, that's when America got it right. Right. And as we've seen through what we were watching, that's not true. <laughs> it's not to say that there isn't something worthwhile in 1982. There's plenty of movies worthwhile uh, of watching in 1980 from 1982. Mm -hmm. uh, so that part of it I find very interesting. And so to me, it's it's like picking apart uh, what you found interesting in 1982 as opposed to what you find interesting now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we talked about that a lot. You know, Poltergeist, we talked about that. We, yeah. You, when you're a kid, yeah. you don't realize the story that that's being exactly. told. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah. You're paying attention to the plot, but not yeah. the motifs. Those are right. my first those are my first thoughts. That's, that, that's the first thing that came to mind when I saw that question. How about well, you? Well, for me, this project has shown me that I have a very selective memory. Mm. There were uh, watching these movies. um, you know, like I've said many times, like I've seen so many of these movies. I saw them then. I've seen them since. But I, time and time again, I was surprised by what my memory of the movies was compared to the reality of what those movies are. You know, yeah. um, you know, the movies haven't changed. It's the same. No, yeah, they're the same. Same right. images. Same like they they're sort of fixed in amber, and I'm the one who has changed. I'm the uh, my memory of a movie like Porky's or the toy or the toy were, was very different than, yeah. Like I remember the story of Porky's, but I, not what I, actually happened. I did not. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I had forgotten what happens. I forgot what people said. I for, I had forgotten about all of the connective tissue between mm -hmm. the big set pieces of a movie like Porky's, like the big funny bits. I'd yeah. forgotten all of the all of the middle stuff. And it's the middle stuff that was in that movie. Everything's really disquieting in that movie. But but um, you know, even even again talking about a movie like Annie, you can remember the sun will come out tomorrow. You can remember yeah, right. Miss Hannigan and sort of drunkenly, you know, ordering the kids around. And you, you have these memories and you, and these memories are generally benign. 
or the, or you walk away with a feeling of being like, oh, that was a benign movie. Uh, yet when you watch it, you see just how much more there is there. And not only that, but like you go, okay, well, my experience of it was when I was eight years old uh, was that I watched this and this is what I took away from it because nothing was particularly offensive to mm-hmm. a, a little white eight-year-old kid yeah. in 1982. But another kid who wasn't like me uh, or right. an adult would have seen the same movie and have walked away with a memory that would have only metastasized over time. Of course. So, so like you can watch a movie like this and two, two different people can watch a movie like this and have very different experiences and sort of diverge at that point. Yeah. You know, and go about their lives. And 40 years later, um, you can remember that as, you know, that was the best movie or no, that movie scarred me for life. You know, like Mm -hmm. going back and kind of playing the tape was a way for me to, yeah, to, to confront my memories of the movies. Right. Um, You know, and it, and it brought me back. It brought me back to, um, the experience of seeing them in, in good ways and bad in that regard, like it, it, because of that, I would, I really would recommend people watch the movies of their childhood, whether it's 1982 or, right, or right. any other time, like find the movies that were playing, you know, look up the movies of the year when you were about eight to 10 years old. Right. Right. <laughs> go to, go to Google and just say like, what were the movies of this year? And then find those movies and spend some time, watch them after 30 or 40 years and you'll have an experience of, of your own. Um, yeah. What movies, you know, now we have this list of movies from 1982. What movies are you going to watch again and again? Like what movies are you still going to watch going forward? And what movies are you going to maybe never pick up again? Right. I, I don't know that there are very few movies where I think to myself, Oh, I could watch that at any time mm-hmm. from 1982. Because mm-hmm. um, as we've said over and over and over again, there's always a little 1982 in all of these movies. Yeah. But the movies that come to mind right away that I could pick up at any time are E.T. Mm-hmm. and My Favorite Year. Those are probably mm-hmm. the top two. Mm-hmm. If I if I had to pick two tops of, oh, I suppose Tron too, you know. But that, but that's Tron. not harmless little Tron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we kind of said that during the episode, know. you know, like, oh, poor little Tron, oh, you're adorable. Tron. Yeah, tr- um, sure, Tron, jump in, we'll take you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because as 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 much as I loved Tron when I was a kid, and it's readily available now because of the Disney Channel or the yeah. Disney, you know, the app, Disney Plus, yeah, Disney Plus. I probably wouldn't come back to that as often as I might ET or My Favorite Year. Mm-hmm. And my favorite year, especially because that's one I hadn't seen in a long time. And that was, you know, one of my thoughts was I could watch that once a year, once every couple years easy and be so happy. Yeah. So happy. Uh, and then, uh, you know, from there, a lot of the Oscar bait, you know, the verdict. Mm-hmm. The only thing that might keep me from watching a Gandhi or a Das Boot is their length. But they're yeah. both quality movies. So th- those are my tops. How about you? Roughly the same. I think I feel like the the verdict. I don't know if I had ever watched it all the way through before this project, but it was mm-hmm. the first. It was the first movie I had watched for the project, and that one I I would sit and watch. Mm-hmm. I would sit and watch. It's like you want to watch a good solid movie. Boom, there yeah. you go. 
I would honestly throw into that pile. I think the secret of Nim is really special. Oh yeah, I forgot about the secret of Nim. I think this that to me is one that I can watch at any time, and and it is kind of ageless. Actually, um, the Dark Crystal too. For me, the Dark Crystal less so, but I, I agree with you. The Dark Crystal's really yeah. special, but um, I guess I find the secret of Nim maybe a a bit more beautiful and lyrical yeah than the dark no crystal. i'll i'll agree with that um can i ask did you show the kids the secret of nim i had it on when i tell the kids here i want you to watch a movie they don't watch the movie but if i put All it right. on and i start watching the movie and they They'll kind of wander, wander in wander in and say what are you watching and i'll say and i'll sit down so um i don't remember specifically if emmett uh watched this movie with me i want to say a bunch of years ago we tried to sit Murphy down with the with the secret of Nim, and my memory of that is that he found it to be slow and mm. kind of wandered off. Right. And I don't dis I don't disagree with that. I, yeah. I think it, you know compared to um, kids what movies he these sees days, now, yeah. yeah, animated films this uh, of 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 today, it is a very slow um, paced film, but. I, you know, as we've said, I, you know, I'm, I'm the old man saying, get off my lawn. So yeah. I, I like a, I like a good slow movie. There were some, like, I, I really liked We didn't talk about it um, at all, but um, I really liked the King of Comedy. I would, I would sit mm. and watch that again. That's a, it's just a I really fun movie. I, I didn't watch it for the purpose because we weren't talking yeah. about it and I haven't seen it in, I, you know, I couldn't tell you how long. It's it's really good. Okay. The performances are fantastic. Actually, I'm also looking at uh, even for Macho Grande, Wrath of Khan. I'll watch yeah. Wrath of Khan almost at any moment. I mean, Wrath of Khan is that's sort of a, a, a guess a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I if I never see Wrath of Khan again, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll totally. If I never see it again, I'll be like, yeah, at my deathbed, they'll be like. You sure? Wrath of Khan, one more time. I'm like, no, we we got it. I got it covered. <laughs> I hope when I'm dying, there's somebody there going, okay, now which movie do you want to put on? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, who's, like, whose only job is to go, okay, how about this one? No? Okay, we're going to move on. How about this one? I, just I better want start it to be making a... notes now. Deathbed movies. Deathbed movies. Like, I want to be... Uh... I want I want uh, good movies on, and I want I want a good meal. That's what, yeah. that's what I want. Um, and so, what about talking about movies that if you never saw again, you'd be okay? Like, what were, what are movies that, um, yeah, that if you never saw them again, you'd be fine? And, and maybe these are movies that you didn't think about that beforehand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, not just like the gimmies, like uh, uh, you know, Swamp Thing. Like, you right. Know. <laughs> Yeah, for you, I'm sure Halloween 3 makes that list. I, but you know what? I'm probably going to have to watch it again at some point. <laughs> I keep having to watch it <laughs> for something. That's great. I mean, the movies that I don't ever have to see again are, I think, the ones that, that of course, were the hardest to watch now. Mm -hmm. Death Wish 2 comes to mind immediately. Yes. God, yes. You know. To me, that's like even that's in Swamp Thing territory. Like I, I didn't want to watch that again. Right. For this thing. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, I think of that. I think of Porky's. I think of the toy. There are movies where, you know, the, say, the Conan, the Conan, uh, yeah. the barbarians of the world. Yeah. Where I didn't actively hate that movie when I rewatched it, but it's one where I thought, if I never saw it again, I'm not yeah. going to be upset. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally. It's not going to bother me. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question because uh, – and it kind of lends – you know, so does the talk about Wrath of Khan because wrapped up in that is sort of our thoughts and feelings about nostalgia. Yeah. Which I think – I think I hold on to a little more than you do. Well, maybe. So, uh, uh, but however, I, I, have, I found – like I was having super strong nostalgic pull toward some of these movies. Uh-huh. Where I was able to kind of feel or at least uncouple from my nostalgia for, you know, uh, some of these movies. There were others that I was like completely in the bag for. Mm. All like, right. Se- like Secret of Nim and My Favorite yeah. Year. And, and, you know, and we talked about them that I was even Poltergeist. Like, Poltergeist. Yeah. Like, I was like, going to say. It, it, to the point where I had, I couldn't take, I couldn't sort of claim total objectivity because I, I could only look at it through um, through the eyeglasses of nostalgia. But for, uh, for me, like that goes right towards selective memory. Like I think nostalgia yeah, right. and selective memory are one and the same. So, but like one we disagree on is say a Rocky three. Right. If, if For me, like that's one movie that I, I will never watch again. Right. And for me, you know, having done that on the other podcast, the Everything right. Sequel podcast, I mean, I was surprised that... Uh, like I saw Rocky two and liked it even more. I thought Rocky three would be near the top of my list. It wasn't. It was more mm-hmm. like fourth. Mm-hmm. But I, I still have affectionate feelings for that movie, and I think part of that's just wrapped up in being the perfect age to love Mr. T in nineteen eighty two. Sure. You know, I recognize the problems that that movie has, but I still like the movie, and I think it's a good movie. I, I I was just like you. I was I was primed to love that movie, and when I sat down to watch it, I was ready to take a lovely trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. And it's just in the watching of it, I just saw like the horrors of memory lane. Like this, it was this was one <laughs> of the movies. I, I, in fact, I have a hard time finding a movie on this list that didn't disturb me as much as watching rocky three. rocky three yeah like watching porkies i kind of knew what i was getting into yeah when I right. Sat down to watch that. right but i really felt you know sucker punched <laughs> pun intended yeah by by rocky three because you know again as a kid i'm like oh yeah mr t he was awesome um but now i see just like the tropes that they were playing on yeah uh, in creating the character of clubber lang and and you know, divorced from Mr. T, the person or the actor, or whatever, just the structure of that story. It was so like, like white fear slash white fantasy that I, I was, I was, uh, I was really kind of put off by it. It was like, um, um, it does feel literally a product of its time in terms of sort of what was going on in the country. Like, yes. and we talked about this before, Ronald Reagan's America. Yes, it was a, it and was it's, absolutely it's, a celebration of that. And, yeah. you know, it's at the point that I made before, like in, in, in America right now, there's this nostalgic pull, pull on the right for a simpler time or something. Yeah, um, right. 
and that's the time they're talking about the time when people didn't say hey can i have some rights too (laughs) but it's 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 an it's a it's a nostalgia for the 80s in all of its uh sort of republican glory right what, what's but all, fa- for, what, but what's for all the problems too. Yes, and all the problems and everything. But like in, in terms of like who was on top and who was yeah, winning. Right. That that's that's what this nostalgia. That's what this. I feel like that's what this current nostalgia is all about. But what's kind of fascinating and and a bit of a snake eating its own tail is that so as we've said, so much of these eighty two movies and so much about nineteen eighty two was a was about nostalgia for the fifties. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nostalgia for nostalgia. In yeah, a way. right. Um, it's it's it, it's it's longing for a time when people longed for a time, um, <laughs> and and so in that way, it's like uh, there's no there there with the 1980s and with yeah. these movies. You look at them going like, well, what was what what was what were what was the 1980s? And the 1980s was seemed to be marked by a longing for the 1950s. Mm-hmm. In so many of these movies, whether they are set in the 1950s, whether they're adaptations of comic books from the 1950s or movies from the 1950s, they are uh, hearkening back to a an era. Yeah, I, I in some ways I felt it, this did feel kind of hollow this experience because mm-hmm. while I was looking for the movies of my generation in my my childhood. I was coming to see that my childhood was 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 marked by my parents' generations yeah, longing right. for it, longing for the time before they had children. Right, right. So many of these movies uh, were sort of a, a, a built around boomer anxieties. Yeah, whether it was anxieties about parenthood, about you know a career careers, uh, right? Yeah, or it was about you know giving up their hippie ways and sort mm-hmm. of settling down or uh whether it's about their their waning power in the world you know right. you look at a movie like star trek 2 wrath of khan it's yeah all right about, it's all about kirk um wondering you know it starts with kirk's birthday and he's he knows he's getting old but it ends with him going i feel young yeah i feel young right. and it's right. like no yeah. fuck you you don't get to feel you're still young. old <laughs> you're you still, still need those fucking glasses <laughs> You know, so it's like uh, time and time again, it's like uh, these movies, uh, these movies of my childhood were about my parents not wanting to grow up, which it's like completely fucked up when you stop (laughs) to think about it. That's amazing. Completely fucked up. So, yeah. So uh, my feelings about nostalgia today. Oh, man. It's like it's for me, it's like almost like a. Nostalgia is this kind of like this downed power line in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like you, you get to beware. beware. Don't just go up and grab it. Like, yeah. you got to know what you're doing. You have right. to be, you have to be, uh, but it's funny you say that because that's how I felt about this project. You know, we, we talked in terms of no salt teaspoon, like a, a, yeah. or a pinch of salt or full salt or, yeah, right. you know, a tablespoon of salt. And then sometimes we're saying, yeah, that's a cup of salt. That's and a cup of salt bad, you know. I believe at one point we even um, had bulldozer. A, bull, a bulldozer with yeah. it. <laughs> it was like salting the road after yeah. a blizzard. Right. <laughs> um, but the one thing I always found myself able to do was to sort of pick up all the salt portions of these movies and put them in their own basket. Mm-hmm. 
and not to say to disregard them and just like put them out right. of sight, out of mind. But I could I could say, you know, that's bad. And like you said, with the life I've chosen since and, and you know, I've spent plenty of time trying to teach kids drama and theater, yeah. which is all about, you know, trying to get them to place themselves in somebody other, somebody else's shoes and think what it's like to be somebody else. And I thought it was really apt that you talked about, you know, two different people could go see this movie and have one of these movies and see it, have a completely different experience. Yeah. And that's not lost on me. You know, the the idea um, that these movies were harmful to a lot of people. But I can also see, you know, I think we talked about this with 48 Hours. I said my relationship with that movie is complicated and... Uh, that movie's got lots of problems, but I see good filmmaking in it. Walter Hill is no slouch. No you slouch. Know? So yeah. I think these movies are as gray as the world that itself is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and as as viewers, I think it's our responsibility to wade through all of that with, with some thoughtfulness. And I, I, I was thankful that I was able to do that with all of these. Yeah, that's a great point. And to, that if you're going to watch these movies, watch them thoughtfully, like you, that you have a responsibility um, yeah. to, if you're going to watch them, to try to hold two conflicting things in your hand at the same time. At the same time. And yeah, in your brain pan. For me, though, there were some movies where the scales, you're talking about the brain pans, right? Like the two pans of the scale. Right. It, it, they weren't balanced. It, it wasn't like I could, like, this is when we get into like cups and grains and, and all yeah. of that. There were lots of movies that we watched where I was like, I don't care how good the filmmaking was. Um, this was a mean, spi- this was mean spirit. Right. Right. You know? Um, and, and, you know, and for 48 hours, uh, you know, uh, for my coda on that film, that's probably the most 1982 movie in some ways it is the one, the one thing that I have to give 48 hours credit for is that it was saying the quiet parts out loud. Yeah. Like it was not dancing around or trying to make light of things in the way that the toy was or yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a an almost subliminal or racism. even Annie with right. the music, it, 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 you know, with the, the music, the music exactly. cues. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, like the subliminal racism of a movie for me like a, the subliminal racism of Rocky 3 it mm-hmm. permeates Every, almost every frame of that movie, but Forty Eight Hours, I, I have to give it credit for not being subliminal. No, <laughs> like not not not, not, not at all. Not like, all, they, not in the least. <laughs> like they are not only saying the quiet parts out loud; they are screaming them. They are yeah. arguing about the quiet parts. And as we talked about in that episode, the movie does a good job at making it a fair fight. Yeah, you know, right? I don't I don't agree with the ending of that movie, and and you know I don't want to relitigate that movie, but but in the weeks since I've watched that and I've come to reflect on it, I have to give it credit for being brutally honest, whereas a lot of these other movies were either unthinking or trying to dance around yeah sensitive issues. Forty eight hours said fuck but that. What, we're just gonna say it. Yeah, but the you know the thing about forty eight hours too is the one thing it also does is because all the quiet parts are out loud, and because a lot of it's played for comedy, it's 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 a signal to the audience that all of it's okay. 
Yeah, that's that's where I. That's the part I, that's hard to wrestle. Right. With. That that's where I part ways with forty eight hours, especially yeah. as it comes to the ending. Is is and we talked about this. Was like when is it okay to joke? And I think it's like it's okay to joke after you've worked through the hard stuff. Yeah. You can't skip to the joke because it's more fun. Right. Um, but like I said, even in that episode, I don't think forty eight hours is a comedy. At all. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's did. nothing structurally. There's nothing comedic about it. Eddie Murphy has funny lines, and he is just a generally funny person. Right. So I think it gets seen as a comedy. But I, I think if you were to sit down somebody and go, "Where I'm gonna? Who's never seen the movie? I'm gonna show you a drama." And you put on 48 hours, they would agree with you at the end of that movie that they had just watched a drama. Yeah. You know, with some I'm, funny parts, with a, a few gags yeah. in it, but like I think primarily it's a it's a gritty, gritty comedy it is. Yeah. drama. Um, so look, the only way I could think to wrap this up is by giving out awards, um, you know, right. and awards of our own design. So I I sent you a list of uh, of some potential awards, and if you want to add to that, let's let's do it. But um, but let's uh, let's get on with the uh, let's get on with the awards, man. Please. Project 1982 will be back after these messages. When you read Time each week, you know more. You understand. Time flies and you are there. Time cries and lets you care. You understand the world we share. In sharp review, time brings it all right home to you. When you read time, you understand, understand what it all means to you. Each week, Time Magazine takes you beyond the news to help you make sense of it all. So read time and understand. Throughout your world, throughout your land, time puts it all right in your hand. Read time and understand. All right, so the first category is most pleasant surprise. Right. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. But the thing that's hard for me, so my the first movie that came to mind was my favorite year. Mm-hmm. But then I also thought, how big a surprise was it? Yes. Because <laughs> exactly. I remembered loving that movie and, and it being a great, great comedy, which I think yeah. it is. Yeah. So that was my first thought. Did you did you wrestle with that as well? Did you have a first thought or Yeah, I think like you, my favorite year jumped to the to the front because we had just talked about it and like you i was so glad to have watched it again Mm -hmm. but i was not surprised right i was that to me was the was the nostalgia um thing and same with secret of nim like i wasn't surprised that i enjoyed it again and dark crystal actually dark crystal was you know i had this you know lingering thought in my brain that said there's no way dark crystal is anything but good right Right, and then right. when I watched it, I was like, okay, I was right. So I think for me, upon reflecting upon it more, the the most pleasant surprise, strangely, was Poltergeist. I, I, I yeah, I don't I don't fault you for that. That yeah. was definitely in the top three for me. So to to rewatch that movie and as an adult 
see what that movie was trying to do mm -hmm. was the most pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, agreed. Loved it. For me, uh, and uh, it's almost not fair because we didn't really talk about this movie, um, but uh, The King of Comedy. <laughs> was, oh, okay. I, I didn't. I, I guess I didn't quite know what to expect. All right, I think I guess this. I went in going like I'm about to watch a Martin Scorsese film with Robert De Niro, yeah, and Jerry Lewis and right. Sandra Bernhardt, and I'm going to imagine this is going to get rough. Mm -hmm. And then when I sat down to turn it on, I saw that it was rated PG, and I was like, wait, hang. <laughs> Ooh. Hold on a tick. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, and I sat down to watch it and I was like, oh my God, like what a bizarre yet sweet yet twisted mm -hmm. yet funny movie. Um, so that that's like I said, that's a um, it's a bit of a cheat because we didn't really get into that um, film. No, I but, get it. So but of the ones we talked about the most pleasant surprise was uh, the verdict for me. Oh yeah. It, I knew it was probably going to be a good movie. I think it I stood out in my memory a little too much. Yeah. It did. I didn't know how good a movie it was. Yeah. Uh, asterisk or maybe second place film Tron. Oh yeah. I had no you... expectations of Tron. I thought it was going to be stupid and boring. I can't even remember. You saw it when you were a kid or didn't? No, I never yeah. did. I, but okay, I, I, yeah, I thought its, so. re, it's reputation was that it was lame in my world. Wow. It was. It had a lame reputation. So I don't think I ever went out of the way to, 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 gotcha. to watch it. Um, pleasantly surprised by Tron. That's nice. My uh, final answer, Tron. Most okay. pleasant surprise. Nice. I talked it through. Now, most unpleasant surprise. Oh. <laughs> where to begin where to, where to start but I, I have to tell you the first thing that came to my mind was oh fuck that's Death Wish 2 <laughs> like most yeah. unpleasant yeah so unpleasant yeah an allergic reaction to that movie it's like waking up in a bathtub full of ice and you have one kidney it's right. that kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of unpleasant surprise oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to one. <laughs> oh man, I just everything about that movie. That movie says everything that's wrong about an idea that I think we've held about justice in this country mm -hmm. for a really long time. Yeah, that frontier justice, that yeah, extra legal. And, and yeah. That movie is sort of like the sickness that has infected the country. Yeah. For a long time. And so, be you know, for that reason alone, like it's the most offensive to me. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to... I, I, I hinge my decision on the word surprise. It was an unpleasant surprise in a lot of ways because I was like, oh, my God, I watched this as a kid. You know, uh, like I, I said on the episode, like when I was I felt like I was having kind of like flashbacks to a trauma. It was like it was like watching a car crash that I had been in. Mm -hmm. um, that's what watching that movie was. But for me, the surprise, the most unpleasant surprise for me uh, was Rocky three, because I, I um. really did. I really did sit down. And I even sat down with Emmett. I was like, 
let's watch this. I thought it, you know, it was a Rocky movie. I thought what could be, uh, what could be more harmless. And, um, you know, he didn't make it through the opening montage. Wow. He walked out of the room and I was like, you're right. This, this was, that was rough. That opening <laughs> montage is rough and it only got rougher for me. Um, yeah. that, that movie, I mean, yes, there's parts of it. There's again, performances, there's scenes that you stand alone. You're like, that was a good scene or that. And was remember a good what moment. Tom said on the everything sequel podcast. It's, it's a wrestling movie. That, well, that was, a, it was an, that was an insightful, um, that helped me with the story yeah. and with some of the more arch, um, aspects of the story. When you think that, of as broadly as, as, uh, heroes and villains are set upon, within yes. say the WWE, it's yes. like that. Absolutely. Uh, um, it doesn't make the, make the race part of it any better though. Yeah, that, yes. Um, uh, so for me, the most unpleasant surprise was was Rocky III. Um, right. So uh, our next category is best candidate for a reboot or sequel that isn't currently being rebooted or sequeled. Yeah, I know. That one's tough because you could almost, you know, my first thought is, well, they already did it. It was Road Warrior. Right. <laughs> you know. But which um, of the ones that I, look, it's a short list of movies from 1982 that aren't being sequeled or rebooted. So we, it's a it's a small pool. Yeah, exactly. So but of that pool, what would you like to see somebody take another swing at either to pay homage or to maybe get it right? I guess, you know, the. <sighs> It was really tough. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'm looking at, I was looking at our baskets and, and I just kind of was dizzied by, mm-hmm. by going over and over and over. And what would I do and where would I go? Say you take a look at a movie like E.T., but you think, you know what? They did it. Like, just that's one where you would just want them to leave it alone. Sure. Don't go back. Completely. Like, please don't that's go back. Totally valid. Yeah. I, that I feel like. We remake the good stuff too often. Like yeah, remake exactly. the bad stuff. Get it right. Yeah, right. So in, interestingly enough, because they did this with the Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. the one that I thought of was the Secret of Nim. Because then you yeah. have to, you know, what choices do you make? Do you make it look like the the beautiful animation from 1982? Mm-hmm. Do you update it to the kind of animation we have now? Like you would have to make some hard choices in. Yeah bringing that movie back. And so the more I thought about it, the more interesting that became to me. Uh, For me, the caveat I have to throw out there is that for much of the last year, I was actually working on a reboot of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. So this is... is, But it's also, you know, it's had a remake just recently. So it's it's in that category of... It is. It is in that category of things that are that they're still trying to resuscitate. And, yeah. um, and the thing was, is that, um, this is, this is one of those cases where I felt like, Oh, remake the stuff that was a miss. And like, I was excited to work on it because I was introduced to the original short stories of Conan the Barbarian from the 1930s. And I saw that in fact, in my opinion, nobody's done this right. You know, that mm-hmm. John Milius was probably got the closest yeah, uh, with with the with the original Conan the Barbarian film, but even it, given the limitations of that production, uh, I felt like there was a, a a better way to do it, and we were going to do it as a TV series, and 
sort of as a neo-Western, and I was, you know, it was very exciting. Project is completely dead, so I can speak of it. Um, so mm-hmm. we don't have to, we don't have to worry about that. But um, so that was my little, um, my little asterisk is that I actually put my money where my mouth was on some of this 1982 stuff, and and really tried to um, update one of these stories. So I actually think the best candidate for a reboot or sequel is Night Shift as a TV show. Oh, wow, yeah. And this almost, for me, won Most Pleasant Surprise. Yeah. Like I said in that episode. I thought of that I, movie, too. I, as yeah, a... I wanted to hate this movie. Yeah. But at every movie, the movie was, at every turn, the movie was charming me. Charming and, yeah. Into feeling for these people and caring about what happened. Well, it does the one thing that none of the other brothel movies do. Because all the other brothel movies make you go, eh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Oh, God. I'm just yeah. thinking, I'm thinking of all the sort of the cowboy hats being waved around at Best Little Whorehouse, you know. Right, um, right. Because we're going to go for a night at the Chicken Ranch. Um, so, yeah, Night Shift as a TV show, I think, would be. Um, That's interesting as a TV I think that, show. I think it would be really fun. I, I would want to spend more time with that triad of characters mm-hmm. and to get into more detail about the lives of the women and yeah. and and the and New York in the early 80s late 70s I feel like you can make a show that is irreverent and um uh not it's not the deuce <laughs> yeah it's right like, it's it's something that's lighter but it's the um, antiseptic to deuce yeah deuce. It's, it's it's something that's lighter and maybe a, a bit more fun and weird um so that was that'd be my winner for that one um Here's another one for you, Mike. Most 1982 movie, whatever that means to you. And so I kind of talked about this. You know, I Mm -hmm. said maybe 48 hours. But the other thing about 48 hours that you pointed out is it's so overt. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's it's, it's an odd egg. Yeah. And so in that way, don't you, you know, maybe you have to go in another direction in the sense of uh, a movie with blind spots. And so uh, I, I'm I'm gonna hate having to to concede this to you, but Go. maybe it's Rocky Three, oh, because I... you have both race and machismo, and there's a lot wrapped up and, in that movie that's very and, 1982. Yes, and montage, Mon- and, yeah, right. and needle needle drop soundtrack plugging, yeah. and yeah. It is a very 1982 movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge, I, I that's a huge pick. When I looked at this category, I, I I said, well, what is 1982? It's such a mixed bag. Yeah, you know, we we we've talked about all of these crazy films. Like, you know, I think a movie about like uh, like First Blood, which was one of these movies that starts as a 70s movie but ends as an 80s movie. Yeah, and then you have a movie like The Verdict, which is a total 70s movie, and then you've got like like. It, what it, it it's it started me thinking well well the most 1982 movie would have to be a kind of a mixed bag kind of movie it would mm-hmm. have to be a movie that had a little bit of everything that made you feel good bad cringe laugh mm-hmm. uh pathos uh it would have and and also would have to speak of the of the moment and of the future and all of this stuff and for me, the most 1982 movie, considering all of that, is Fast Times at Ridgemont. I was just gonna say, like that's the that's the next movie. Yeah, it, it there, is. There's only one other movie that it could be when you start talking about these parameters that you were yeah. just talking about. 
if you sort of want a sampler platter of 1982 condensed into one movie, it's yeah. Fast Times at Richmond. You're right. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit of everything yeah. in there. Um, now, what do you, in terms of uh, timelessness, though, like what movie do you feel like uh, sort of transcends? I don't, I don't, I, you know, define how you define yeah, right. You You define for yourself. Because are you talking about sort of an ethereal quality, you know? it's. I guess it's different for everybody. I mean, for me, the one, I, I keep thinking about The Verdict because The Verdict, despite the fact of, you know, it's a 1982 movie and maybe you have hairstyles and that kind of thing, but uh, it does feel like it could take place at any time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know, you know, it's because it's it, when you think of the word timeless, you think, is there a part of you that thinks, well, Gandhi, it's just it's timeless. Like, you know. Yes, I, 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 but, I'll, I'll spoil the ending. I think it is Gandhi. Yeah, I think I think you could. And we talked about this. I think you could drop Gandhi into the theaters tomorrow and it would right. still. And, and there's been a couple play. movies and Gandhi was one of them that are so relevant to today. Yeah, it, it, I think it, it it's a story that's evergreen, and the way that it was filmed. Be, I, I, and like I said, this this movie looked like it was not even made in 1982. It looks like a movie from the yeah. 60s, made in the 80s, but could still play to here in 2022. Um, for me, that it, 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 the more I sort of stand back and try to appreciate Gandhi for what it is, and I I just I see it as. Um, completely deserving of all the awards that it got yeah like i don't think it was just a nod to attenborough or a no. nod to epic filmmaking it really was a it is a special movie yeah um any any last uh any last thoughts any last like uh honorable mentions or or where where are you gonna keep watching these movies from 82 or are you just like some of them over i mean i i'll watch et again i'll watch fast times again Oh no! I mean, like the ones we never got to. Oh no! Yeah, I'll keep going. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going too. I'm. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been doing a lot of extracurricular watching. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so. Because there's would... plenty of movies that we didn't do that I'd like to, you know. Exactly. The night crossings uh, of the world and. Pink Floyd, The Wall. The Wall, actually, yeah. It that was another movie where when we started this project, I could not find it. It actually has just started to show up on some arcane. Okay. Um, uh, streaming service. Yeah. Um, so but you know, was... still of the night and the year of living dangerously. And I watched a year of living dangerously. That is a fascinating companion piece to missing actually. That, oh, wow. That, okay. That would make a great double feature, a de depressing double feature, but a mm -hmm. great double feature. Um, I've mentioned Fitzcarraldo. I would also throw in Fanny and Alexander. It's Fanny and Ingmar Alexander. Berg yeah. yeah. It's Ingmar Bergman's final film. Um, another three hour tour, but, um, five and dime. Come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Uh, yeah. One of actually uh, 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 another asterisk for most pleasant surprise. Um, that one is uh, really good. I still haven't seen Midsummer Night Sex Comedy. Um, mm -hmm. I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, Death Trap is another one. Yeah, that I would like Firefox to... was a movie I loved as a kid. Yeah, oh, oh that would be one to see how, how yeah. well that age. I'd like to didn't... see where that movie stands. Now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, we didn't talk about it. I watched it, uh, and it, it's a bauble, but it's fun. Dead men don't wear plaid. I was just um, going to say, Carl yeah, Reiner film. Um, that was, that was a, that was a fun one. 
you know, it's kind of a goof, but it was, yeah. but it was, but it was pretty fun. Uh, we talked a little bit about some kind of hero, um, the Richard Pryor film. That was a, yeah, that was, that was actually a, or a hanky panky too. Or a hanky panky. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep diving and I would encourage anybody listening to keep diving. If not into the movies of 1982, the um, movies from your the, childhood, the yeah. movies from your childhood and find out, uh, you know, take a look at them again and see, see what you were fed. Right back when you were a kid, <laughs> what was well, and maybe to as you we continue right to watch, maybe as we continue to watch, we you might hear from us again. I don't know these, you know, the movies we're talking about now aren't the movies that are still in our lives, but uh, yeah, you know, never say never. <laughs> right, never say never. Exactly. <laughs> uh, final thoughts. Uh, just what a pleasure it's been to do this project with you. Like, ditto. So worthwhile, and uh, uh, you know, it's interesting to go back and and see the movies that that uh, tried to teach us. <laughs> yeah. Our, you know that were our brain food, and uh, what we discarded and what we what we uh, accepted has been an interesting revelation. It has been. And it's this has been a, a, a total pleasure. And sometimes it, it, sometimes this has felt uh, like a little bit of an, like an ice bucket challenge. Yeah. Because um, you're like, oh, do I really have to do that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's get it over with. Um, but uh, it has been a real pleasure. And uh, all right, Death Wish 2, let's grapple. Oh, yeah. We'll throw that on the fire. Right. We will. We'll throw but that overall, on the fire. But uh, overall, you know. This has been a this has what been an experience. A, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a great time, and I hope uh, if anybody's ho- listening, yeah, right. We hope you've, we, you've enjoyed too. it as well. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, yeah, go see some of these movies, and then go not see some of them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you and not see you at the movies. Yeah, that's a great way to end it, man. All right. All right. All right. Excellent job. Excellent job. Project 1982 is a production of the Everything Sequel Podcast, and was produced by Mike Shantz and Matt Aldrich. Original music by Emmett Aldrich and Murphy Aldrich. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children.